Yesterday, <coughs> we said a big Yisoyed, which we called the shame of the Yisoyed, called Tunnel Vision, where we focus only on one point, and we get stuck in that point, right? We get stuck in a detail instead of seeing the whole picture. We saw from Reb Chaim Friedlander that says that when a person, let's say for example, what he was talking about, is if somebody, Ruvain, went to Shimon and he said, can I borrow your hammer? Can I rent your house? Or whatever it is, whatever favor that he's asking the person. And the guy said no. Shimon said no to Ruvain. And a little while later, uh, Shimon comes to Ruvain and he asks him for a favor. And then Shimon says, you know what, I'm going to give it to you. I'll lend it to you, I'll rent it to you, and I'm not going to act the way you acted. This is the Avera and the Torah, Kolotitor. Because you're not taking revenge, you're actually giving him the hammer or the house, but you're digging it into him that you're behaving different the way than he was. So it shows that you are harboring that hatred, that anger, that kapeda in your heart, all this time, you had never erased it from your memory, and now it's surfacing. And how's it surfacing? You're digging it into him that you're not behaving the way he behaves. So Prime Friedlander says that that source of that is coming from a gaiva, where a person always wants to feel like he's higher than others, and therefore he found an opportunity to show that, look, I behave differently than you do. And I don't act that way. I could value a friendship. I have more nedivus halev. I'm a more generous person. I'm not so attached to my nechosim. Whatever it may be, the message, the meta-communications that he's trying to give over to the other person. And it's not coming from a pure place of love, trying to help a person... Uh, rectify his bad midas. It's not coming from that place, even though there's a mitzvah of But that mitzvah of giving rebuke is always coming from a very, very uh, good place, a place of ava, where you would probably discuss everything and make sure that you got the picture correctly. And after you got the picture correctly, in a very smart way, without hurting the person, and embarrassing him, you're able to show him how to grow. That's a complicated mitzvah. is a very, very complicated mitzvah. But over here, it's definitely not coming from a pure place, <clears throat> because you don't know the whole picture of the story. You don't know all the behind the scenes. You don't know why he said what he said. And you're just attacking him. And the, the deep, deep point that you're trying to convey is not that... You're a, a good person, but, you know, maybe if you fix this floor, you would be even greater. The, 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 the message that you're trying to convey is that I'm better than you. That was Reb Chaim Friedlander. We spoke out a little bit of a different knage where sometimes the person is very deeply insulted because there was a certain amount of vulnerability that a person has to have to go open himself up and, and lower himself, so to speak, to ask something from somebody. 
and it may be challenging for him to ask him for something, and he's embarrassed to ask, and he overcame that embarrassment because of his need, and he went and he finally got himself to get to that point to ask the person for something, and then he turned him down. It's a very painful thing that uh, that from the place of vulnerability to be denied. So what happens is the, being insulted, that emotion. <clears throat> this is a whole schmooze in itself, really. When there's an emotion involved, what it does is it intensifies and it makes you fixated on the one detail because of the emotion. It's a very deep sight that when you're overtaken by emotion, it makes you get stuck in the detail. And because you're stuck in the detail, you can't get out of the grip of the emotion to allow you to see the bigger picture. And this is biggest side in life, which maybe we'll talk about, that we have to know. But bottom line is, we said the side is that a person comes to a point where he cannot see the bigger picture. Yesterday we spoke about it, <clears throat> using Reb Chaim Friedlander's technique, that we explained the Chazal that actually has to do with this week's Parsha, that the Gemorrah in the Shkolem, it's really Yerushalmi, <clears throat> somehow Yerushalmi Shkolem got incorporated into the cycle of the Dafyomi uh, Shas, learning up the Shas, so they learned Shkolem. But really, if you look inside the Masech the Shkolem, you'll see it's set up exactly as a Yerushalmi. But Al Koponim, it says over there that when a person came to make a donation to the Beis HaMikdosh, there was a tremendous procedure that went on to make sure that nobody would judge this person in a bad way. That means if he went in in a normal way, wore uh, certain types of begodim, certain types of shoes where you could hide money, or he wore tefillin where you could hide money in it, or even to go in without speaking. They used to speak to him the whole time because so, maybe he would hide money in his mouth, right? And what would happen is, in order to be noki miyisrael, to be clean in the eyes of people because if he would become poor afterwards or if he become wealthy afterwards people would blame it on the fact that he stole from the Beis HaMikdash okay we find even Moshe Rabbeinu he uh, where he showed them exactly where all the donations went to Chazal tell us that he showed them all the donations exactly where they went to so people shouldn't say that Moshe Rabbeinu became rich from the donations to the Mishkan. So you see, there's a chiyuv menatoyri. It's a very interesting zakh, but it becomes din, it becomes halacha. Most of us say, listen, I just do what's good in the eyes of Hashem. You know, I don't care about what people think. Who cares? It's none of my business. But that is not the case. Obviously, you have to know all the gedore halacha, because you can't live your whole life like a majnun case. But, there is Gedarim and the Halacha where a person has to very much take into consideration the the HaNefesh HaOdom of people. He has to understand people and he has to be careful to be Naki from people. Some Seifah says one of the hardest mitzvahs to be Mekayim properly, right? So the point is, but we're just focusing on the Midas right now. Not on the part that I have to care about you making a sin. Right? But the point of the midas of a person is that a person sees one prat, 
he sees a guy going into the lishka, and then he sees him becoming poor or rich, and he puts the two little details together, and he builds a whole sugya based on a very fragile, superficial, and shitriistic information, and he built a sugya there, right, from the prat. That's the way the human being is. So we use Reb Chaim Friedlander's technique. is because deep within yourself, you want to see people in a smaller way. You want to see people in a lower way. So therefore you found a, a substantial evidence for yourself, even though it's very circumstantial, it's very shitri, it's almost nothing. But that was enough for you to build a very negative story to see a person in a bad way. We once said over the Chazal, the Chazal says that when a person has to go to the bathroom, right, the halach is baltashak, so you're not supposed to hold it in, even if you're in the street, find a place to go to the bathroom, right? But the halach is that you have to go to the bathroom on what we call afar tichuach. You have to go to the bathroom in, in the dirt that absorbs the urine inside of it, but you're not allowed to go to the bathroom on a rock, for example. Because what happens is it's going to cause that the urine is going to shoot back up and land on the shoe. So it's going to look like when the person urinates, his urine drips down. It doesn't shoot out. Right? And that's one of the, the simonim of a person who has a medical condition called a krus shofcha. Krus shofcha is a certain type of medical condition that a person has, which you cannot have children. So the person's going to say, oh, I see the Merak Lion on his shoes. Must be. He's a Khrushchevcha. Okay, that was a wild jump. Maybe he just urinated on a rock, right? But look how far the human being goes. As I'll say, ah, it's Rebchaim Shmulevitz. brings out the Sisoid. Rebchaim Shmulevitz says, I, the guy has ten kids. So if he's a Khrushchevcha, he can't have any kids. Ah, must be. Is So the guy from Meira Glaim on a shoe built a Zasugye that it must be the Khrushchev. The other Tzad didn't even dawn upon him that maybe it was a rock, you know. It must be the Khrushchev. And it must be Ayakasha. Ayakasha. Which is, also brings out a different Kayakhanefesh in Odom, by the way. This is very deep stuff you see about people when you study these chazals and these halachas. You see from a person, there's two problems here. There's one problem here we said that person wants to see someone else, you know, defected. Defected spiritually, emotionally, physically. He wants to see him less, smaller than him. He has that desire. But there's also a second side over here you see is that people, when they decide, when they make a hanocha, when they make an assumption they don't want to get off the assumption. They can't say, maybe I made a mistake in my evaluation. That's also part of the gaiva of Adam. And also Atzlus, we don't want to have to re-examine. There's many koiches anefesh involved in that. But the point is, I have to stay true to my hanocha. So I, but now I have a kasha. I see this guy walking and then he gets into the minivan, into the 12, 15 seater van, packed with people. That's a big question on your original Hanukha. But you can't get off it. So Amela, you have to say a wild pshat that it must be mamzerim. Right? Craziness of a human being. So we have to learn about people 
We have to learn about people because we have to learn about ourselves not to fall into this terrible pitfall. And we also have to realize that we have a responsibility not to let people fall into the pitfall either. That's the second part of the Shmuz. But I'll call him, this is the, the way it is. And the Midah that's the opposite of this Midah of Choshen B'Kshayrim, the Midah that's the opposite of Choshen B'Kshayrim is the Midah of Don Lekav Zichus. After Don Lekav Zichus, Rabbi Miller in the Sefer writes that Don Lekav Zichus is not a mitzvah. It is obviously a mitzvah, but it's not just a commandment. Don Lekav Zichus is the Torah telling you a certain midah you have to have. It's the midah of, of, of Dhamma Kazuchus, which Roy Miller explains to me, the midah of Avas Yisrael, which means that you have to have an inner desire to see people in a positive way. So that has to come from humility based on what Rukhaim Friedland is saying. Okay, so let's get clarity. When a person is humble, he's able to come to Avas Yisrael, and he's able to love people and want to see people in a positive light. If you want to see people in a positive light, what's that going to do? It's going to help you. We're saying alum to say. It's not just like a mitzvah. It's going to help you see the whole picture. Seeing the whole picture is emet. Because Dalekar Zechut is emet. Betzedek teshpot amitecha. When a person has a gaiva, Okay, so the gaiva makes him want to be better than people, not to love people, only to love himself. So that forces him what? To just focus on the prat. Focus on the prat, the sheker. You see, that's a very deep thing. Now, in general, we have this problem in other areas as well. For example, if a person wants money, as taivas momin, Okay, yes, Chemdas HaMomen. He wants to have money. The type of Momen comes from the part of his nefesh called the offer part of his nefesh, which is the Shmuz in itself, which I'm not going into now. As Saul Cohen knows, I don't like to go off the tangent, but I do mention that <clears throat> it is the Shmuz in itself. It's a big Shmuz. How the offer part of yourself is the thing that pushes you to want to have money, lots of it, store it up, and also to have nechasim, to own a lot of things, especially property. Okay, but that's a taiva, which you have to learn how to deal with, which is not the subject of today, how to deal with taiva's moment. But because you have a taiva's moment, what do you do? You look at a wealthy man, okay, and you see one small detail in the wealthy man's life. One small detail. He comes out of his house. There's a beautiful car sitting outside with a driver. In it. And the guy comes out of a mansion dressed wearing a Zah suit, Zah. And he's going into a fancy car with a driver. So you saw one clip, a little clip of this man's life. And you say, wow. This man must be truly happy. And his life must be so geschmack. And so much menuchas nefesh And so unbelievable. Right? But you didn't see the bigger picture that the guy has to work. 
endless amount of stress and anxiety to get that three-minute clip of happiness that you didn't see. That was your tunnel vision. Your tunnel vision to focus only on one point. And from that one point, you think that that one point is the whole picture. You understand? But a person has to be a Balklal. You know what a Balklal is, David? He has to train himself to see the bigger picture. So, right, so we showed it to you now with a Gaiva, how Gaiva makes you focus on one detail and create a whole thing based on the one detail in order to see his friend in a negative light. And even that one detail itself, you're jumping the conclusion, Shanka Dugmasa. We're seeing it now in Typhus Mumin as well, where a person can get stuck and fixated on one point. And being fixated on one point, that's not a good thing. Now, same thing can happen to certain people about themselves. If let's say a person has a Yerida, I've seen people this happen to in multiple different ways, but let's say a Bacha tells me, I had a horrible Zman, I didn't do nothing. Why? Because he had one failure. So he gets so fixated on that one failure that it becomes everything. That one failure becomes everything. Instead of seeing the larger picture and all the times that he had to overcome his challenge and all the time that he had to push himself, and he did, and those are great accomplishments. And even when he did fail, there was he wanted to fail 10 minutes before. And for 10 minutes he pushed himself not to fail. Each one of those 10 minutes are holy minutes. Right? But he, in his negative way of thinking, sees just that one point, and that becomes the whole thing. And therefore he beats himself up, and he feels like he did nothing. Right? So again, like I told you earlier today in the Vad, that when it comes along with an emotion, that's when it's really hard. Because if, let's say, a person has a certain type of panemius, that a failure destroys him. He, he, whatever, I'm not going to go into that whole subject why that could be for a person, that sometimes a person has this thing that if he fails, it bothers him to no end. That perfectionism that he has in himself, that he can't stomach even the slightest failure. So now when he had a failure, what happens is that failure hurts him so much that the pain is of him just to fixate on that prat. And when he fixates on a prat, he can't see the bigger picture. Can't see the bigger picture? That's the problem. So I'm going to show you in so many different things in our lives, it's the same lumdis over and over and over and over again where a person gets stuck in a prat. Either it's coming from a bad mida, either it's coming from a pain and an emotion, Today we don't have that much time, but one day I can maybe explain to you how people, when they suffer, what the pain, they get so stuck in the thing that happened to them because of the pain, they can't see a bigger picture. I don't know if we'll talk about it today, because each one of these is like bad, some very large subjects in themselves. The same thing you have, let's say, for example, in the chinuch of your children, right? So let's say you have a child, that the child is aggressive, is an aggressive kid. Right? 
So most parents will say, I have a Majnun kid, I got a kid, he's got issues, he's got aggressive. And then you go to therapy and you label him and you say, aggressive. Now we have an aggressive child. Now this is a mistake because, it can be a big mistake, because, you see, if I see the prat of aggression, I have to say, why is he aggressive? And the answer to that is, obviously, he's frustrated. Frustration brings aggression. If he's frustrated, what is he frustrated from? See, i got to get to the big picture. And sometimes parents don't want to do that because they might be the part of the picture. <laughs> they mean to be the one that's frustrating him. You understand? So let's take an example. He can be frustrated because he's in a yeshiva <clears throat> that the level of the yeshiva is too high for him. And he has a... He's in pain because he cannot meet his needs to reach the level of his friends. He has a big desire and a need to be equal with his chaveim. He doesn't want to be the lowest in the class. He doesn't want to be the hazikes in the class. He doesn't want to be the guy who gets a 50 on the test. So now he's frustrated because he can't do that. So how does he deal with his frustration? It turns into aggression. You understand? So a parent has to be open to see a bigger picture. And one of the rise of the bigger picture is, I want to tell you a sight. This is also a schmooze in itself today. We touch a lot of big things. Can't go into all of them. But it's a good sight for you to know, at least in the very, very basic. When a person has a problem, it has to be across the board. If it's not across the board, it's not a problem. Not a real problem, right? So if he's in a different environment, let's say when he goes to camp, he's not aggressive. Or when he's with his bubby and his zaydi, with his grandpa and grandma and his cousins, he's not aggressive. Right? So that shows me that it's the environment which is causing the frustration, which is causing the aggression, because... Otherwise, if he has an issue called aggression, then it has to be everywhere. A problem has to be everywhere, across the board. So one of the big indications that it's not a real problem, it's a circumstantial problem, is because it only happens in some places in his life, and not all. But that's called seeing it from a bigger picture. Seeing it from a bigger picture, not getting fixated in the prop, that's the key thing. You understand? That's the key thing in life, is not to get fixated in a prop. And this is really what learning is all about. Okay? All learning is all about this. Let's say, for example, you want to learn how a chazaka works. Correct? So what do you have to do? You have to see how chazaka comes up here. And how it comes up here, right? You're analyzing all the pratim to try to see the bigger picture so you can see how the klal works, right? That's what learning is. Learning is analyzing pratim as part of a bigger picture. Otherwise, you don't know how to learn if you don't do that. Because then you just know what it says right here in front of your nose, akasha teretz. But if I could take this prat and see a part of a bigger picture... 
then I can understand the mechanics of how the Chazaka works. Correct? That's what learning is about. So some people, they get stuck in the Pratim of a Gemara and they can never see the cloud. They have a defect in their ability to learn. Some people have the other issue that we spoke about before, where a person, once he gets stuck in the prat, he doesn't want to change his hanacha. He doesn't want to change his assumption. Right? So we brought you a, a, a raya from the, from the halacha, where a person is not allowed to go to the bathroom on a rock. Right? What was the halacha? A person is not allowed to go to the bathroom. Meiraglayim. He's not allowed to urinate on a rock. Why? Because then the nitsoitsois, the sparks, the will come back on his shoe. So a person will look at him and say, Aha, if this man has urine on his shoe, must be, he has the medical condition of Khrushchevcha. And Khrushchevcha drips down. And a person who has Khrushchevcha can't have children, right? So now, instead of seeing it and saying the right way, that probably you just went to the bathroom on the rock, you know? No, he must be, he has a Khrushchevcha. Okay. Now you see the guy going from the area that he was when he went to the bathroom, and he goes back to his big, fat van. Twelve passenger, fifteen passenger. His wife is there, and she looks like a rabbitson. She's wearing a tichel, not even a shaitel. She doesn't even wear a wig. And he has a whole big van full of kids with sakras at the base, you know? <laughs> Guys, as yeshivish as you can get. So that's a cash on your hanocha, right? Because if you're a Khrushchev, you can't have you can't have kids. Ah, kasha. But since I'm so stuck in my hanocha that you can give me the biggest kasha in the world, I say, ah, must be their mamzerim. Yeah, it must be. Because I cannot let go from my hanocha. That's a dangerous thing. And that's a dangerous thing that we do to our friends. Because we think that we're the smartest people in the world and we're the biggest psychologists in the world. So we size up all the people in yeshiva. This guy, I know him. This guy, I know him. This guy, I know him. We size you up. Some people think they're so smart, they can size the guy up in one minute. You understand? A guy comes back to me after the first date. They went out, and they went out for an hour and 45 minutes or something, the small first date. He said, I know this girl inside out. It's not for me. Huh. Such a smart guy. I, you know, if I wouldn't know you, I might fall for it. You know? <laughs> so the terrorist is because we, then we have kashas on our hanochas. But we can't break down from the hanochas. The hanochas, the hanochas, you can't change. So you have to go like this. So it's the same thing in learning. There are people that decided when they started sugyu, you have to be good in learning to have these problems. But they start a sugya and they think that they know the mahalach of the sugya. Then all of a sudden, they see their mahalach in the hashbe, and the ritva, and the ramban. And then you show them a kasha, they make a lumbus to stick it in, right? That's bad, because you're stuck in your problem. You have to be open-minded. Maybe the rashbe doesn't even say anything remotely close to what you're saying. You know how people are? I decide something is true, and then my eyes are looking for rias. And then if there's any cash, I could kosher it up. That's terrible. That's not a balklal. A balklal has to be a person who's open to constantly revisit the subject. So after you analyze the pratim in an honest way, 
and he came out with a clout, he could still be open to hear that we could change. It's a very important thing. And that's a very important thing when we judge people. We think that, you know, for a lot of people, marriage is very boring. Why? Because after Shana Roshana, they know their wife, and there's nothing else to learn. It's finished. That's why the relationships don't have emotional depth, because it ends right there, at the surface. But human beings are so complex and so deep and so profound that if a person was open to learn more and be surprised, then from all the different scenarios of life, he keeps on learning more and more things about the person he's with, so then the relationship goes further. But that's more of a Shalom Bayesh, we're not going to talk about that. Okay, so today we touched a lot, a lot of Zachim, and you have what to think about, we'll stop here for today.